Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. We are live, and it is Monday, June the 5th, a new week here on Wager Talk TV and a new week for Wager Talk today. And it's not a new format. It's just a couple guest hosts here on Monday. I am Steve Merrill filling in for the press. He'll be back in a couple days. And that's Marco D'Angelo filling in for Teddy Coverage. He'll be back tomorrow. So, Marco, welcome to the show. Looking forward to doing a Monday edition with you. You normally are our first guest on Monday, so not too much of a change for you. But you're coming in a little bit sooner here today. Who do we have on this week, or not this week, but today on Monday for the big show? Uh, we've got a big show today, Steve. We're going to start things off with uh, Jimmy Adams. He'll be hitting uh, leadoff today, and he's going to talk about the Tampa Bay-Boston uh, game today and the Astros and Blue Jays tonight. Then we've got Brian Leonard, and he's going to talk about Oakland and Pittsburgh. I don't know why, but he is. And then we're going to have uh, to him talk about the Brewers and the Reds. And then we're going to close out the show with uh, Andrew McGinnis. He's going to talk Stanley Cup uh, action. Got the Vegas Golden Knights in action tonight against the Florida Panthers. Game two of the Stanley Cup final. And I'll have a little what did betters learn, and we'll have some BS as well on the show today. Yeah, we will. Uh, the better strategy segment, which is quickly becoming a great segment here on a daily basis, and that's because we take uh, questions from the live viewers in the chat here during the show, but better yet, leave them in the comments on YouTube after the show, because then we can check it 24-7, and we will have one of those questions. And this one, Marco, actually is from several weeks ago. It's actually when I was guest hosting about a month ago, I'd saved this question, and President Teddy had maybe answered it, and I was going to chime in and say, hey, have you guys used this one? And I realized, what's it matter? Because you and I have not answered it. We haven't done the show together, so it's a good one, and it involves um, percentage rating on best bets at Wager Talk and just in handicapping in general, so I think it's a good one. Look forward to that, and once again, if you have handicapping or betting questions you'd like to get answered, live chat, or better yet, the comments on YouTube afterwards, and if we don't get into the show, I still try to answer them as well in the comments section, so leave as many questions as possible. A lot of baseball talk on the show today. That's because the NBA Finals Game 3 is not until Wednesday. The NBA stretching it out like always. They got to travel from Denver to Miami, so a couple days off. Uh, we will have some NBA tip-off shows later this week, but we do have baseball every day, including today on Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, check in for the baseball show. I will be on along with Dwayne Bryant. Marco will be there as well. So Marco and I doing a double-double here today and uh, Drew Martin. So baseball show at 2 Eastern. And uh, before we get to the baseball show, let's talk some baseball with our first guest, though. Jimmy Adams, world traveler Jimmy Adams. 
uh, back in the U.S. of A., though. And, uh, Jimmy, welcome to the show on a nice 19-10 and 10 baseball run. You're up 51 units in your last 89 plays. That's not too shabby. Uh, let's talk Rays Red Sox, that AL East. That's the division. Last I checked, all five teams were plus run differential, I believe. Definitely the deepest division in baseball. Uh, what do you, how do you see this one playing out? Rays and Red Sox, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that's an early afternoon game, right around 4 Eastern today on Monday. Yeah, correct, Steve. And interesting spot at Fenway tonight. The Red Sox and Rays actually finishing up their series. Uh, they had a game postponed on Friday. So while most teams start in a new series, they will be uh, – it's a getaway day for the Rays, and um, they'll be finishing things up. I'm going to look at uh, this game getting off to a slow start behind two really good pitchers. Um, obviously, we already we all know about Shane McClanahan, who's given up a total of three runs in his past 19 and two-thirds innings with 21 Ks and just three walks. And, uh, you know, those sound like stellar numbers, but they're pretty normal for Shane McClanahan. He's proven over the last, you know, year plus that um, these are not uh, – unique outings it's kind of what we can come to expect for, from him and the Red Sox offense has really been struggling they haven't scored more than three runs in eight of their past 13 games um but anyway back to McClanahan you know his whiff percentage is in the 91st percentile he has a very high chase rate generates a lot of swing and misses and then we head over to Brian Bayo who's kind of been at the near the top of my bet-on pitchers list. He's got really elite stuff, a flamethrower. Fip doesn't like him all that much because he has had co command issues at times, but he's pretty much gotten that under control over his past you know, few starts. And he's allowed just four runs in his past three outings as well. So two pitchers in good current form. I'm going to go ahead and take the bullpens out of the equation here and play a first five under in this game. Rays also dealing with some injuries. They were missing three key players yesterday, so we'll check on the status of them. But regardless of you know what uh, Tampa's lineup is, I like the first five under in this game. Jimmy, uh, normally this is where Teddy would say, so, Jimmy, let me ask you and, and try to dissect this the other way. But I'm in full agreement with you on this one with these two pitchers. And the key thing that you said there is take the bullpens out of the equation with this one. I want no part of the bullpens with the Red Sox games. And uh, one note on Bello, if you go back last year, the only negative is he had two starts against uh, Tampa, and they weren't good. But I will point them out. That those two starts came in back-to-back -back starts. They were five days apart. And I always say, you know, the pitcher has the advantage of first time around, second time, not so much, and facing the same pitcher twice in a short period of time was a huge advantage for Tampa. I think I agree with you 100%. The only way to play this one is the first five innings under, and being that it is a getaway game and uh, a couple guys banged up, you could see a very light lineup there uh, for Tampa. So I agree with this one wholeheartedly. You got my stamp of approval, if that means anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Thank you, Marco. That's a, a nice change on Wager Talk today, not having to really uh, <laughs> drive my point home. We're just all in agreement. So good start to a Monday. <laughs> this show's going downhill so fast. I'm behaving myself as the host. Marco's not challenging the guests as the co-host too harshly. And we'll just head on to the next game here and see if it gets any better. I don't know what to say. Now, 
The, uh, the AL East does a fascinating division. Jimmy, let me ask you real quick, though, while we're talking about the Rays. Um, do they keep this going? Do they win the division? I mean, they had one of the best starts in the history of baseball, but it's a really uh, – the, the Orioles are still hanging in there as well. Uh, how do you think this one plays out? Oh, my gosh. I think it's such um... – it's so hard to say at this point, Steve. Like you said, the best division in baseball. You got the Orioles that just continue to impress from a season ago. Uh, I expect the Blue Jays to be a bet-on team the second half of the season. Um, the Rays are certainly good, but we're going to see probably some more aggression out of them, or regression out of them, excuse me. And uh, you always have the Yankees in there. So I don't really have a division winner yet. I'll have to get back to you on that one as the – months progress yeah i mean just looking at it right now uh, the orioles are just four games behind tampa despite the fact tampa's 42 and 19 they only have a four game lead on the orioles and a six game lead on the yankees you know who are a little shorthanded at points this season been playing pretty well at times too so fascinating baseball division just nice that there's an extra wild card team because we could once again see four teams out of the division make the playoffs they probably deserve it um look it's somewhat canadian free but we do have andrew mcginnis on later so it's not totally canadian free and we are going to talk some hockey but let's talk about the Toronto Jays and the Houston Astros, this is another AL East team who I think's underperformed this year, but, but they're still six games above 500. They're still plus 31 net runs, and they're only in fourth in their own division. They're one of the preseason favorites to win it all. Uh, Astros, the defending World Series champs, obviously. Uh, what are you doing with Houston and Toronto this evening on Monday? Yeah, so while I just said the Blue Jays are a bet on team moving down the uh, stretch here, they very, they very well may win this game, but that's not the way we're going to go. It uh, should be a great series here at the Rogers Center. Both the Blue Jays and Astros playing some really good baseball. Uh, and my clients and I have made a lot of money fading Alec Manoa this season. I'm going to break down a few reasons as to why here. Uh, first of all, we'll start with the obvious. Toronto's lost Manoa's last six starts and eight of his past nine. He has a FIP of 6.27, so already worse than his pretty bad 5.46 ERA, so more regression could uh, be on the way here. He has an absolutely terrible strikeout-to-walk ratio, a hard-hit percentage of 42.5%, a WOBA of 375, I mean, just all of his analytics are horrible. You, the only thing I could find that was uh, positive from a StatCast perspective is his extension. But other than that, terrible analytics from Manoa, and we've seen it translate on the field. Um, however, Brandon Belak, he gets the start for Houston tonight. And when you look at his numbers, he's found success. But then when you take a deeper dive into the analytics, they indicate that some major regression is coming for BLAC. And um, that's why I don't feel totally comfortable back in Houston here on the side. However, um, I do think a team total is the way to go in this one. This is a client play. This is going to be Houston team total over um, this Astros lineup. You know, their offenses, they're producing right now. They've put up at least five runs in eight of their past ten games. They can certainly do it again tonight against Manoa. Astros team total over for a client play. Jimmy, uh, you mentioned uh, Manoa and his troubles with that strikeout-to-walk uh, ratio. You were really kind saying when it's not good. <laughs> it's pitiful. Uh, he's got 48 strikeouts. To 41 uh, walks. That's just absolutely insane. In Manoa, I mean, if you remember when he he first came up, this guy was good. What do you attribute, you know, the falling off the cliff this year? 
Yeah, that's a great question, Marco. Um, he was really good as as of last year, you know what I mean? And I think um, scouting reports have gotten so advanced. And when you look at Manoa, it was kind of like we watched him last year and we weren't really sure why he was having so much success. It's not like he's blowing hitters away at the plate. Um, I don't think his stuff is necessarily all that good. I don't want to say it was completely fluky that he was as dominant as he was, but I'm certainly not surprised to see the regression, and I don't think he'll revert back to that dominant form. He doesn't have Shane McClanahan stuff like we talked about in the in the first game. So um, teams have just, you know, they've watched, they've faced him, they've watched the film, they've uh, found out what he likes to do, and they've taken advantage, and we've cer- certainly seen it on the field. I think we'll see it again tonight. Yeah, look at the live chat right now. Oh, go ahead, Marker. Oh, sorry. I was just going to give you a follow up. You mentioned Belek that you know he might be due for a little bit of a uh, you know regression on what he's doing. I still like him because this is going to be the first time he's going to face Toronto, and uh, always been a proponent. First time through the league, I I like the advantage pitcher. So uh, although I do like your over on the team total on Houston. I don't have a problem with Houston first five as well in this one is what I was going to say. Okay, yeah, no, I, I definitely don't hate it, Marco. Um, Belak, you can't argue with the numbers, right? They've been really good. Um, but when I was handicapping this game, I just I saw his fifth that is so much higher than an ERA, and then his analytics, not necessarily all that great either. But if I had to play a side, it would be Houston, so I'm with you there. I just think the team total is a uh, – is a easier way to go or a, you know, probably the better way to go in this game for me. <laughs> but by the way, the live chat, um, Greg Macaluso and also Craig Wood both chiming in about the Astros being a public dog. And I would agree, guys. I looked at some quick numbers here while you guys were having that conversation. And the Astros do look like the most public dog tonight. Not that that's an automatic play against. And it makes sense, obviously, when you have the World Series champs at plus money. But it is something I always keep an eye on. In the, uh, the the pro sports, especially, always a red flag when you see a public dog. And I do think the Astros look a bit public here for what it's worth on Monday. Uh, Jimmy, I forgot to mention earlier, it's $9 Monday. It's a very simple concept. Every best bet, including five percenters, are $9 for every capper. No promo code needed at wagertalk.com. Uh, you just gave us a free client play. What else do you have planned for Monday, for $9 Monday? Yeah, so thank you so much, Steve and Marco. It's always a pleasure being on with you guys. Um, Baseball season has been rolling, especially over the past month and a half. You mentioned at the top, we're up 51 units since April 14th. Um, Hit a little bit of a, gave a little back yesterday, but we were picking over 70% winners since like May 20th. It's been an absolutely incredible run. 4% 4% best bet up for tonight, along with the Astros team total, 9 bucks. You can grab it at wagertalk.com, and uh, let's just continue to roll. Good luck to everyone tonight. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jimmy. It's Jimmy Adams. Big 4% play tonight for just $9 at wagertalk.com. Marco, you've got a 4%er as well for just $9, and I've got a 4% steamroller blowout for $9. You know, each of those plays is normally $25 each. You could get Jimmy's, Marco's, and myself, Steve Merrill, all three for just $27. That's how powerful $9 Monday is at wagertalk.com. And don't forget about sportsmemo.com as well. All right, Marco, before we get to Brian Leonard, 
We're going to talk a little bit more baseball and what betters learned. And you made fun of Brian for bringing up an A's game. And we're going to actually talk about the A's in a moment. But let's save that for as we head into Brian. Be a good segue. Your Pittsburgh Pirates and your future Las Vegas Athletics. But first, you Darvish. Veteran pitcher, still in the league. Give me some you Darvish info. What have you learned in uh, MLB? Well, you know what? I always look at when a pitcher has an absolutely horrible outing. And, you know, okay, is he washed up? Uh, is, is this going to be the signal of the downward trend? So I like to look and see how pitchers respond off of a bad start. And that was a big client play for me on Saturday. You Darvish, when he, in the outing that he had, he gave up, uh, I think, five runs in two and uh, two-thirds innings, didn't get out of the third inning. So I went back from the start of last season if you look any time that he's given up five runs or more, it's been a total of six times. He's allowed just three runs total in the following six outings. And the last three were all seven innings, gave up zero runs. And the three before that uh, was seven innings, seven innings, and six and two-thirds. He gave up one run each of those. A grand total of 41-plus innings, and a guy has given up three runs off of a bad outing. So that gives you a lot of possibilities when that situation occurs. Now, granted, small sample size, it's only six times over two years, but you can be looking at playing uh, the Padres. I took them first five innings minus a half a run, eliminate the bullpens. Um, they won the game 6 nothing. You can look at team totals. The opposing team looking at unders whenever you've got that situation. So that's something to file in the back of your memory bank on you, Darvish. And look at that with a lot of different veteran pitchers, Steve. Uh, generally, they they have a bad outing. They're going to look, uh, correct whatever was wrong, and they're going to have that mad dog uh, personality when they take the hill the next time, uh, totally focused uh, for their next outing. I totally agree, Marco. It's always been one of my favorite handicapping angles. And by the way, I love that you mentioned the the new starter angle. We, back 20-some years ago when I started handicapping baseball 25 years ago, the maiden starting angle back in the 90s was a very popular play. A guy that, you know, and like you said, they haven't seen him before. And normally these guys are vastly underrated by the betting market just because the public doesn't know him yet either. Um, but I love the bounce-back angle with good quality Class A starters. And once again, this doesn't work with all pitchers, as you know. We don't. There's some guys that are going to go out there and struggle all season. But even with the worst pitchers, you know, if they have four or five bad outings and they're still starting, they often throw a gem. And the reason being because the managers aren't going to keep these guys in the rotation unless they have something. So you can also find some value with the complete opposite mindset also playing bad, you know, guys that have struggled for several outings. Um, I'll ask you, too, before we get to your, your Las Vegas A's, I'm going to ask you about – um. Last three starts, you know, remember back in the day, like the Stardust, you could get the stat sheets every morning and, uh, you know, it had the pitchers ERAs for the season. It had their last three numbers. I've always thought the last three is one of the most misleading stats in all of baseball there again, because one bad outing might skew the numbers. And like you said, guys that are really bad for one start off and bounce back, or if they're really good for three straight starts, they're due for a regression. Um, have you ever paid much attention to like last three outings, current form? I mean, how do you look at it when you're approaching baseball handicapping? Well, Steve, that's, that's a great question, and I always say, and people go, why do you compare pitchers to horses? Well, it's like reading the racing form, and to me, you have horses that come in and out of form, and to me, looking at those last couple starts is an indicator of which direction the form is going to go. 
one of the key things for me, and I know it's it's a simple stat, and I know all of the advanced metrics guys, you know, their heads want to explode when I still look at just simple stats, and that's strikeout to walk ratio. If you've got a guy and you look at all of his starts, if a guy's averaging six or seven strikeouts per game, and then all of a sudden he's got two games in a row where he's only got two or three strikeouts, he doesn't have command of his pitches. And the re- and so that is a good sign that he's going the other direction. And it's just the complete opposite. Somebody that's been struggling and all of a sudden puts up two starts in a row where he's got a good strikeout to walk ratio. Well, now he's starting to deal it. He's getting in a groove. And that's when I want to jump on it. So for me, it's the signal of somebody going out of form. And it's also the signal of when I see the buy sign and grab it while there's value with that pitcher. Yeah, what I'd recommend too is to always dig a little bit deeper. If you if you're wondering if a guy just had one bad outing, like a Darvish, you know, or if there's a couple bad outings, you know, take ten minutes, go find the local beat writers and dig in a little deeper and see if maybe you know they're talking about an arm, you know, arm stiffness, arm fatigue, or something, because that's when you could see, you know, two or three bad outings in a row, and that's also where you can find some information that's a little bit under the radar. But by the way, I love walk to strikeout ratio, and I think WHIP. Walks and hits per innings pitch is better than ERA because especially in the home run era, I've talked about Otani recently. He had like, I think the first seven games, no home runs, and he gave up like eight home runs over four games, and he gave up none the next two games. But his strikeouts were extremely high still in all those games. You know, a home run can be just one bad pitch, even if you're pitching a gym. Otherwise, it can still give up several runs. So I like to look at hits, walks, and then walks and hits per inning pitch. Whip is the combination of both. So I think that's the most telling pitcher stat. We're going to bring in Brian Leonard, and we'll ask him some questions as well. But real quick, uh, Marco, before we get to Brian's first game, A's, Pirates. I mean, Oakland is historically bad. Talent-wise, they're not very good. But then you got the whole lame city, dead duck scenario. Now, it looks like they're moving to Vegas, become your Las Vegas A's. It's just a perfect storm to really maybe turn out to be one of the worst seasons in history of baseball. And from a betting standpoint, obviously a real fade. But there's been some situations where they've been really bad this year. Yeah, our stat guy, stat daddy, Ralph Michaels, put out a stat yesterday that the A's have now lost 23 straight games as a dog of plus 130 or more in day games. They're 1-25, in I believe, for the season in day games, and that's a horrendous stat. As you said, and I talk with the books every week. I do, you know, radio shows here in town. So we have a lot of bookmakers on and they cringe every night when the A's lose by two runs or more uh, because everybody obviously plays money line parlays, but, you know, betting against the A's and they're all laying that run and a half. They're dismal with the plus one and a half as well, Steve. This team, 49 losses. 39 of the 49 have been by two runs or more. So it's a it's a daily bloodbath when the A's lose by two or more. Yeah, and if you take those 23 games away, I'd do some quick math on the season. They're 12 and 49. That would make them 12 and 26 in all other games. That's still below 31%. So even like <laughs> playing the other games, you probably have lost money as well. And uh, Brian Leonard, the good news for the A's is that it's a night game against Marco's Pittsburgh Pirates tonight in Pittsburgh at 7 Eastern. You know, guys, I was on the baseball show Friday, 2 o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday here on Wager Talk TV, including today. And I mentioned in my big game breakdown, Marlins, minus 190, minus 200. I was like, whenever I get an opportunity to play against the A's laying less than 200, I'm going to look at it. Uh, The Marlins had come off a blowout loss against San Diego. I didn't think they would overlook the athletics, and they swept them this past weekend. 
Although uh, Oakland actually did lead a good amount of that game yesterday, Brian. It looked like there was a little bit of hope offensively putting up five runs after just one run total the two previous games. Uh, any chance the A's could get a win tonight against Marcos Pittsburgh Pirates? Yeah, the Oakland A's uh, pitching staff has been terrible all season. But they had their starting uh, rotations actually been picking it up as of late. They are starting either that or maybe the opposition is just getting tired of beating them up. I don't know what it is. But um, when I take a look at this game, I graded the starting pitcher matchup to be pretty even here. Uh, J.P. Sears has the much lower whip. You were just talking about whip being a key ingredient to the way you handicap. And if you look at any advanced uh, ERA metrics, these, te- these two starting pitchers are virtually even. Uh, when you take a look at Stuff Plus, which is uh, something that I always take a look at. Uh, J.P. Sears is a 94, Evieto is an 85. League average is 100. So neither one of them are, are killing anybody on the mound. Well, maybe killing your bankroll, but uh, neither team, neither starter has done that well on the, on the uh, in that regard. But Sears is still 9%, uh, 9% better than Evieto. And if you remember, Evieto came from St. Louis, St. Louis has had a lot of starting pitching problems. They let him go. So he's a guy I'm looking to fade. Um, Sears has a major advantage in strikeout-to-walk percentage, 17.7 to 8.6. Uh, so not only is Oviedi struggling, he's not striking anybody out. Uh, Sears is a guy who doesn't walk a lot of batters, which is why that 17.7 is pretty effective in this game here. Uh, when you take a look at blast percentage, which is the barrel percentage and launch angle, we find Sears is an excellent 2.8, Aviedo 8.7. So he gives up a lot more blasts than what uh, J.P. Sears does. He keeps the opposition off balance. He's never going to be a big strikeout guy, but he does throw uh, a little bit lighter than a lot of the other guys, and he's more of a finesse pitcher. Um, obviously, the offense and the bullpen are large advantages for the Pirates here. Uh, the Pirates got the better offense, and their bullpen has been very good for Pittsburgh. One of the reasons why they're in contention this year. But we make the no-vig line on this game about 158, uh, which means you take out the juice on the game, and the fair line is 158 each way. We're currently seeing the underdog in the 162 to 165 range, so therefore we find a little bit of value here on the Oakland A's. Um, a lot of people don't like to play underdogs. Uh, but if you know what the line should be and what the line is, that's the value play. And uh, even though Oakland is not very good, this Pittsburgh line, I believe, is a little bit inflated. Give me Oakland in the plus 162 to 165 range in this game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So, Brian, 
<laughs> I gotta, I gotta yes, pull that Teddy one today. Jr. Yes, uh, I agree with everything that you're saying in theory. But my question to you, with because of that Pittsburgh Pirate bullpen, which is, you know, has been a big surprise as far as you know for me. Why full game and not take this the first five innings uh, and limit your liability in this game? That's my question to you. Yeah, it, it's a good question. It's an obvious question, and uh, it's something I had a feeling you were going to ask. But uh, <laughs> I'm looking for the bigger shot, I guess. If I take it in the first five innings, I'm not getting quite the value as I am for the full game. And I just think Pittsburgh's a little bit overvalued. And, you know, nobody wants to bet Oakland. Nobody wants anything to do with Oakland except me. I, I'm a guy who wants to play the teams that nobody wants. I played the Miami Heat yesterday. Didn't see a single capper talking about uh, Miami against Denver in that game. To me, it was an obvious Miami play. It worked. Unfortunately, didn't play them on the money line. But when, mm -hmm. when everybody's on one side and everybody's looking at something one way, I look to go look at it the other way because, as I say, I'm a value handicapper, and I find the value on Oakland. But you're right. If you want to play the first half, there's no problem there. Split up that bet is probably a good bet also. And lo loving the live chat discussion right now, Craig Wood and others uh, talking about consensus, public information. Obviously, it's something I follow very closely, especially in the NFL season when I do the weekly videos. And, um, yeah, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Brian, definitely look like the most public baseball play here for Monday. And like you said, it's because the line starts to get shifted a little more, and baseball is all about mm -hmm. line value. It's, you know, it's obviously picking winners, but it's more so about getting the right price because there's really no point spread uh, unless you're looking at the run line. So, yeah, Brian thinks this might be one of those rare spots where the Oakland A's have some value tonight against the Pittsburgh Pirates. That goes at 7 Eastern on Monday. Uh, let's stick with some baseball talk, Brian, and let's look at a, one more game here. Uh, Brewers at Reds. Uh, this one, I believe, also on the nighttime card. It is at 710 Eastern. You've got Cincinnati about $1.25, $1.30 favorite at home, um, and the total is around 9.5. What are you doing with this one? I'm going to take a look at a chance to play against Milwaukee and Julio Turan here. Uh, he's bounced around the fringes of the majors for years. He was a highly touted prospect, made his debut in 2011 for the Braves. Uh, the Brewers are actually his fourth team in the last five years, and that includes last year where he didn't even make the majors. So he's been bouncing around just trying to hang on uh, in Major League Baseball. Now, he's only pitched 11 innings this year, so obviously it's a small sample size. But keep in mind, you talked about regression earlier before we started this, and his ERA right now is 0 0.82. Pretty impressive. But if you take a look at his XFIP, 5.38 in the Sierra, 5.51. Uh, his strikeout percentage is only 11.9%. He's not getting the swinging strikes. Um, even though his, if you just look at his ERA, it looks like he's, he's been great so far. He has not played well at all, and I think we could take advantage of that. Uh, so looking for some negative regression, uh, we find his fly ball percentage, 52.8. And his 11, in his, his 11 innings he's, uh, he's played this year, he still hasn't given up a home run. How does that figure? Uh, there's some regression coming in that in that regard, and he's playing a Great America Small Park, who a lot of people become uh, big home run hitters in this ballpark. So I'm looking for a good offensive day out of the Reds. Andrew Abbott making his major league debut today for the Reds. He was drafted in 2021. He's flown through the Double A AA and Triple A levels. His he, this lefty's got a great strikeout percentage. Um, he's been very very impressive with the strikeouts, but his fastball only sits in the 92-94 range. So 
He's a guy who has a lot of success on his off-speed pitches. He's a lefty. Lefties are a little bit hard to hard to uh, to prepare for. There's lefties are about one third of the league, and sometimes even less, thirty-one percent. Uh, so teams don't practice against lefties as much as they do against righties. And we take a look at the Brewers. They're 29th on the season against lefties in RC plus at 74. Keep in mind, league average is 100. So they're 26% worse than league average against lefties. Playing a lefty right here that uh, they haven't seen before. I find value in rookie lefties. And if they if he does well today, I'm going to ride him the last few next few uh, times he plays. Give me Cincinnati. Brian, I can't disagree with you, but I have to ask you one question. And if you've ever been with Brian and I, when we're sitting watching ball games and, you know, mowing down a plate of wings, we go back and forth with betting angles. And I got to ask you, this line was originally a pick and now we're seeing it as high as minus 132. And usually we're on the opposite side of the fence. You're saying, I can't play that game now. I missed the number. And I say, I would rather have a winning ticket with a bad number than a losing ticket with a good number. And uh, what do you make of this big line move on this game? Yeah, I opened up 110 each way is now up to 120. I've even seen some 130s out there. Uh, when you're betting early in the day, you're betting overnights, it's usually smart money, um, which is a good situation for our Oakland play we played earlier because that game uh, is taken underdog money, and I agree with it. Um, yeah. It's, um, I mean, we missed the 110, so um, we're not going to get the best number out there, but I still think there's value in this number. And um, let's face it, guys, it's a Monday. There's only so many games on the board. We've got to pick some winners out and try to get some plays for our clients. Uh, I'm passing overall for my clients today on, on, on $9 Monday, but these are the two best plays that I could find on today's card in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and there's just eight games on the board here. NBA will be back on Wednesday. Uh, Brian does cover NHL, though. Brian, I'll give a little promo for you since you don't have any best bets for $9 Monday. Just remind people they can get 30 days of Brian's All Sports All Access for the price of just two weeks. That 198 special is still available, but it's going to expire soon. So check out Brian Leonard for some hockey and some baseball best bets and the NBA on a daily basis at wagertalk.com. Always great talking with Brian. Check him out also this week on the MLB First Pitch Show here as well. All right, Mark, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back for the BS segment, the Better Strategy segment. Good question today about percentage of bankroll and how to handicap bets. 30 seconds, we'll be right back with that viewer question. Jim just got better with this 30-day 190 All Access special. A seven-day All Access package at wagerdoc.com is $99, but why pay full price when you can jump on board for some summer savings? With our June kickoff special, you'll get 30 days of every play from your favorite handicapper for only $198. This comes out to only $6.63 per day to bet alongside your favorite handicapper for the next 30 days. That's right, for the same price as two 99 weekly packages, you get over four weeks of action. The NBA Finals, the NHL Finals, 30 Days of MLB, the WNBA, plus golf, including the Memorial Tournament, UFC, soccer, and tennis. If your favorite handicap releases a play in that sport, you will get it, including top-rated 5% selections normally priced at $35. 
No coupon is needed, and there is no limit to the number of handicappers you can choose. Just head to their homepage and add their June kickoff special to your cart. No prez, no Teddy covers, but surprisingly, there's still some BS on today's show, but it's a good type of BS. Betting strategy, better segment, whatever you want to call it, it's the better strategy question segment. And once again, please submit handicapping and betting questions on a daily basis. You can do them in the live chat right now, but the best method is on YouTube in the comment section below on Wager Talk TV after the show, because it's there 24-7. Plus, I try to answer the ones we don't get to, and other viewers and other listeners and question askers can benefit from those answers also so it's a community we win together as jay money says it's us against the books so let's all win together and get smarter together and marco this is a great question here this one is from over a month ago and you know president teddy have maybe covered it since but you and i haven't covered it so i thought it's a good one to revisit if it hadn't been touched or has been touched and i don't even have an actual name for the person i believe this one was on youtube and you know they use the uh, the id sometimes so we'll just go with what i saw and it was fab 2 heat 2049 might be a Russian bot, might be Tony Finn, but it's still a good question. What factors into your decision to make any given play a 3% versus 5%? So basically, you know, Marco, when you're handicapping, uh, how do you decide when a play is a little bit stronger than just a 3 or 4%? What what makes that big 5% to pop out to you? Well, obviously, Steve, when we sit down and handicap games, we're looking at different uh, things other than just the statistics. And I know you and I do a lot of things similar as far as situational handicapping. So when I've got uh, the stats tell me to take a side, then I get into the intangibles that I like to use, or, you know, sometimes I call them Marcoisms and stuff, uh, you know, where we get teams returning home from a road trip, a good setup to go against the team. The, the more that factors in, it takes the rating up. You know, a rating will start, okay, if I like a side, that might be a one or two. Then as I start having more angles that I'm putting on the ledger, you know, like a pros and cons list, we continue to take it up the ladder. The one thing that I won't do, and that'll keep a, a play from being a 5% play, is I never like using a 5% play if I am going in front of a streak. And that is... I'm not going to take a team, even though the situation says everything looks like they should win tonight, but they're on a four or five game losing streak. That's I'm not going to do that because I want the team playing well. I want the situ- all the situations to line up to do that. And that's, for me, how I break it down where I go. And like you, Steve, I don't release a lot of those five. So uh, there's got to be a lot of special things lining up before I release the five. Yeah, Marco, you stole my thoughts. I would say another reason I wanted to ask this question, even if it had been used before, is because you and I probably use less five percenters than the average capper. So I was very curious to hear your mindset. I had a feeling it'd be similar to what I do. And look, the difference between me between like maybe a, a three or four percent play, and most of my bread and butter plays are four percent. And let's keep in mind a five percent play is only twenty percent stronger than a four percent play uh money management wise it's not double it's not triple and i know people probably play it that way and that's also why a lot of betters don't win long term is because of money management but a five percent play is just a little bit stronger than a four percent it's not like it's doubly strong that would be an eight percent play for those of you that don't know math that well um with that said though i do believe in kind of a a long-term 
you know, turtle versus the hare approach to handicapping and betting and just playing everything equally because there is a small difference between the plays a little bit stronger. And I'm looking at 20 or 30 factors, filters for every game I use. You know, I use public information. I use line value. I use situational analysis. I use a lot of statistical analysis. When all of those line up more than normal on one side or total, then that's usually enough to bump it to a 5% rating. Um, but there's a, not a huge difference for me between a 4 or 5%. And to be honest, one of the reasons I don't release it more is because I think people don't treat them correctly. Mathematically, they're not that much stronger, but people double or triple their bet size. And, you know, Marco, you and I could sell a lot more plays on wager talk, but you and I are a lot more concerned with long-term win percentage and return on investment. And we probably don't use them as much as other cappers. Uh, but once again, when you're handicapping, you should have a lot of different filters and factors that you're using. When more than the average amount line up on one side, that might be enough to bump it a little bit higher to a 5% versus a 4 or 3%. Uh, at least that's how I approach uh, that size and percentage of bankroll. Uh, Andrew McGinnis, I'm going to bring you on because you also uh, handicap hockey, you handicap baseball, you look at football, a lot of different sports. Uh, Andrew, when you're handicapping, uh, do you have several different factors that you're looking at, filters? Is that what kind of gets you maybe to a stronger play of 5% versus maybe a 4 or 3? Or how do you approach it on a daily basis? Great to see you guys. Happy Monday. And uh, I will say that uh, lots of different factors go into it. And I think that um, for all of us, when we're handicapping, the more things we've, we kind of already like a pick. There's something that we like that sticks out to us. And then multiple factors will continue to pile in. And that backs up my argument. That backs up my argument. And then when you have a long list, it's kind of like the way I look at it is, all of our write-ups, in my opinion, should be the longest for the 5%. Self-explanatory. You should probably have the most to say about the 5% picks. I think the three of us could probably all agree on that. Um, and as far as the 5% plays are concerned and, and the difference between a 3 and a 4 and a 5, um, one thing I might add that I'm curious about your guys' thoughts on is when, when you're, you're seeing the board very well, um, that chances are you're going to probably have more 5s than you know if it's just an average week. And I think it's just you know kind of if you're running hot and things like that, obviously you're feeling confident um, you're, you're doing very well with side plays or totals plays, or does a certain situation working well for you? Um, I know for me in elimination games lately in the first few rounds of NHL, I've been betting overs big time and those have been bigger plays for me over time, but I'm the same. Uh, a lot of times I'm just a strict 3% guy. And what I try and do is tell my clients that for props, it's going to be all 1% and the, the kind of the best bet for a prop is 2%. And a regular bet for a, a normal wager is a 3%, and the best bet's going to be a 5 But it's a good question, but unfortunately, as you guys know, the answer is probably different for each handicapper at Wager Talk. Andrew, you know what's funny is that if you do the math, the least strong bump is a 5% versus a 4%. A 2% is 50% stronger than a 1%. <laughs> a 3% is you know more than the 2 and, and and a 4 versus a 3 is 33% more, whereas a 5 versus a 4 is only 25% more. And the people don't look at it that way. They, they look at it as 5 as like 100% stronger than a 4, but actually a 4 is bigger than over 3 versus, you know, you get where I'm going with it. So it puts it in mm -hmm. perspective when you start looking at the math behind it as well. Um, but it's a rating system. It's a way to show the strength of the play and also a way to get a little bit more on those stronger plays money management-wise. That's how you should use the percentage rating at wagertalk.com. Once again, plays go from 1% to 5%, and everything is trans uh, very, very transparent on the website. We can see the results each and every day for every capper's last 20 plays. Check it out right now, wagertalk.com. And, Andrew, speaking of hockey, let's look at Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals. 
No NBA till Wednesday, but we have hockey tonight. Game two in Vegas. Marco's Golden Knights against Joe Ranieri's Florida Panthers. Someone has to win. There's no shootout. There's no, there's no shoot. I don't think there's any shootouts in the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't follow hockey like I used to. There used to be no ties ever. But um, how do you approach this one? You look at the full game, looking at the first period, maybe a prop. What's the best way to approach it? I got to say, Steve, I love when you do that. Keep doing it. Don't change the way you are with every, <laughs> announcing everyone's cities and who their teams are. I like it. I like I it because you know people. what? Unlike what Teddy says, I think it's okay to be a fan, Marco. You're allowed to be a fan of the Golden Knights. I know you don't let it impact your betting. Everyone's allowed to be a fan of a team, in my opinion. Uh, looking at this game, I'm narrowing in on the first period, and it's the old saying. I usually don't use the word ain't in my vocabulary, but if it ain't broke, <laughs> Don't fix it, and that's the case with the over one-and-a-half goals in the first period. Six of the last seven games for the Vegas Golden Knights have gone over one-and-a-half in the first period. That dates back, of course, to their series against the Dallas Stars. And I've mentioned this on many shows, but what's so interesting about this first period wager is that the total hasn't gone over in a lot of Vegas's games recently. I mean, against Dallas, there were some unders mixed in there, where the first period itself went over the total. So unlike the regular season, where the second period is the highest scoring period, I've actually noticed the defensive intensity being at its highest in that second period. Whether it's been, you know, a few goals happen in the first period, they go back to the locker room, the coach talks things over, and they get a little more defensive. And then after the third period, they go out there and and they get that intensity up offensively. But there's something about these first periods. And the best part about it is it's usually the period where you're going to get the most generous odds. It's minus 125. It was minus 120 last game. Florida got out to the the first goal. Uh, Eric Stahl, of all people, the last time he scored a Stanley Cup final goal was in 2011. That shows his age. But he scored a shorthanded goal. uh, And they would finish 1-1 after the first period. And sure, the play cashed in the dying few minutes of the last game. I don't even think we're going to need, you know, 10, 15 minutes to get this one done. I feel like as much as Florida would love to play in low-scoring, under-style hockey games, they have to get three or four goals to beat this Vegas team. I'll take the first period over one-and-a-half goals. Andrew, you're dead on with what the Golden Knights have done. But as you said, most of those games still have gone under the total. There was a game in the Edmonton series where the live in-game was at 9.5 after a very high-scoring first period. And I was going back and forth with Brian uh, on that. They didn't even hit the over on the regular Uh, total for the game because what happens in these games Andrew is you get that scoring in the first period and somebody gets that first goal in the second period and you get that two goal lead and what has been happening is the team with the lead starts playing almost not to lose I mean they they stop attacking offensively and it's drop the puck in the other zone you know don't risk uh, giving a turnover to have the goal and the other team that's trailing yeah they got to try to open it up and score but yet they can't afford to give up another goal so you're trying desperately not to make a mistake and that's what slows it down so I'm in agreement with you and I know Teddy's going to be mad at me I've agreed with most of the guests today I'm going to lose my (laughs) co-host chair but 
look at that first period over. Don't be afraid to jump in with some adjusted lines looking at unders as the game develops. I like it. Andrew, we're going to uh, touch on some CFL here. We talk NHL hockey, but uh, I want to remind people you also do Canadian football, and it actually starts June 8th, I believe, this week on Thursday. So we're only a few days away. It's another reason to consider that 30-day June special. It goes into July. It's 30 days for the price of just two weeks, just 198 It's all sports from any cap where you choose. No promo code needed with Andrew. You not only get hockey, but you're also going to get CFL football from Andrew McGinnis at wagertalk.com. And, Andrew, let's get a little futures play here. You know, by the way, uh, CBS Sports Network, $1 million deal. They're going to have 34 games broadcast. So those in the U.S. can definitely watch and win with the CFL this year. And, Andrew, what's a futures play for us before the season starts later this week? Well, I appreciate you mentioning that, Steve, because whether or not uh, the American viewers here or Canadian uh, actually enjoy watching the game, uh, you can still make some money betting the CFL. But if you want to watch it, uh, these games are going to be available there, like you said, uh, it's a big deal they signed. So uh, win totals, looking at some win totals here. I'm looking at the Calgary Stampeders in the Western Division here in the Canadian Football League, looking at them over nine and a half wins. One thing that I look at in the CFL every single year is change. How much change has there been? How much turnover from the defensive core, from the offensive guys, the coaching staff? There's a lot of short contracts in the CFL, guys, compared to the other leagues, especially like the NFL and, you know, different leagues like that, where, you know, you see quarterbacks just get, you know, swapped around the league, key defensive players. I really like that the coaching staff, the starters, a lot of big name guys for Calgary are staying the exact same. And looking at Calgary, they had a 12 and six record last season obviously going well over this nine and a half win mark. And they went one and five against teams with a better record than them. All of those games being very tight down to the wire, last play games that they just couldn't finish in. I believe that the the guys that they have right now, another year under their belt to gather that chemistry, work with the coaching staff. Jake Meyer now has that team as his. He's behind center. Bo Levi Mitchell is off to Hamilton. So, Jake Meyer knows that team is his. They ran the ball better than any other team in the CFL last year, and they had three players that averaged over five yards per carry whenever they ran the ball. I like this Calgary team. They're very sneaky, and it's been a very long time now where the West Division has been stronger than the East, guys, and when Calgary goes out East, I believe they will take advantage. Take a look at that schedule there. They've got a pretty good start to their schedule. Um, I believe they will take advantage of some of these, like I said, we, uh, e- uh, weak uh, Eastern opponents, but they can definitely get it done against some of their Western opponents as well. So I will take Calgary over nine and a half wins. Uh, and I wanted to mention really quick, I do have a promo CFL 100 that will take $100 off my CFL long-term season package that will include the playoffs as well. Andrew, I love what you said about You don't have to watch it. You don't have to like watching it. All you have to do is like making money, and that's what it's all about. And appreciate having you on the show. Good stuff. I love the way you break things down. And continued success, and uh, congratulations on another great season with Puck Time. Uh, You and Carmine do a fantastic uh, job with that show. 
And uh, Steve, that's going to wrap up today's show. I want to thank Teddy first for letting me sit in for him and uh, having Jimmy Adams uh, on the show, Brian Leonard, and of course, Andrew McGinnis. Uh, One last reminder, it is $9 Monday. We always talk about it. The one thing we don't which we fail to mention sometimes, is on $9 Monday, you can also get a one-day pass at a special price. The one-day pass, normally a $39 price, you can pick that up for $17 on Monday. So if you have a favorite capper and you want all of his plays, grab a one-day all-access for $17. For uh, Steve Merrill and myself, Marco D'Angelo, this has been Wager Talk Today. We'll be back tomorrow Uh, 9 Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. Jim just got better with this 30-day 190 all-access special. A seven-day all-access package at wagerdoc.com is $99, but why pay full price when you can jump on board for some summer savings? With our June kickoff special, you'll get 30 days of every play from your favorite handicapper for only $198. This comes out to only $6.63 per day to bet alongside your favorite handicapper for the next 30 days. That's right, for the same price as two $99 weekly packages, you get over four weeks of action. The NBA Finals, the NHL Finals, 30 Days of MLB, the WNBA, plus golf, including the Memorial Tournament, UFC, soccer, and tennis. If your favorite handicap releases a play in that sport, you will get it, including top-rated 5% selections normally priced at $35. No coupon is needed, and there is no limit to the number of handicappers you can choose. Just head to their homepage and add their June kickoff special to your cart. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.